Hi everyone, I'm Donnie Antonucci, Senior Vice President of Growth at Blue Shield of California and host of Healthy Dose of Dialogue podcast, a show featuring conversations with thought leaders who are transforming healthcare. I'm excited to introduce my colleague and our guest host for this episode, Lisa Davis, Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Blue Shield of California. Joining Lisa is her guest, Ashima Gupta, Global Head of Healthcare Solutions at Google Cloud. Lisa and Ashima share a passion for technology and are now using their extensive experience and knowledge in the tech world to transform healthcare. In this episode, they talk about creating an ecosystem of partners to bridge technology and healthcare, how we can leverage artificial intelligence and machine learning to drive insights and action, and the importance of growing our diversity and our pipeline of young women in STEM fields. If you like this episode or have feedback for us, please share it by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and enjoy the conversation. My name is Lisa Davis, and I'm the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Blue Shield of California. Today, I'm guest hosting for my colleague, Don Antonucci, and I'm honored to welcome Ashima Kupta, the Global Director of Healthcare Strategy and Solutions for Google Cloud to the Healthy Dose of Dialogue podcast. Ashima has extensive experience in the health tech space as the former head of Kaiser Permanente's Digital Health Incubator. Ashima also led technology initiatives for many years in the financial services sector. Today, Ashima leads Google's transformative efforts to use artificial intelligence and cloud technologies to create new models of care that improve patient experiences. And I'm absolutely delighted to have you here, Ashima. Thank you so much for joining us. Truly an honor to be here, Alisa. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be here with all of you. Thank you. Well, Ashima, I know our listeners have many questions, as do I, so let's get started. You have a very interesting background that spans the financial services industries, the provider payer space, and now you're the Global Healthcare Solutions Director for Google. Please tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to be in the health technology space. I did my bachelor's and master's in computer science back in the day uh, and, and uh, joined J.P. Morgan Chase and Fidelity Investments as I started my career as a programmer. You know, computer science by itself is pretty generic. It's uh, trans- translatable from industry to industry. So I grew to the rank from the programmer. In fact, the two patents I have are in the financial side of it. At the heart of it, when I look into computer science, it's about problem solving. And uh, around 2008, um, the sudden loss of my father made me think about what kind of problems do we want to solve or do I want to solve? And that was my pivot from FinTech to healthcare, if you will. And, And what I've learned so far is that healthcare is very, very mission and purpose driven industry and, and there's no going back, at least for me. Uh, I love what we do and in the community, like interacting with people like yourselves, Lisa, and in, in general, the passion and purpose the healthcare community has is something I've not seen before. Well, that's an awesome story and I can so relate to how you came to be in healthcare. 
So Lisa, you also have had varied experiences as a CIO in the federal government at the Department of Defense, in academia as CIO of Georgetown University, and then all the way to the tech, running a nine billion global line of business at Intel, and now in the arena in healthcare as CIO of the Blue Shield of California. What drew you to healthcare? Yeah, Ashima, we have uh, we are kindred spirits in our paths of how we both got to healthcare. Um, growing up in technology, uh, like you mentioned, across various industries, always being really driven, tied to the mission, and having the ability to work at Intel um, and really work across in my role at Intel multiple industries. So I got to engage with healthcare um, partners and customers quite a bit in that role. And I think both of us probably recognize that healthcare has been a laggard when it came to digital transformation and really wanted the ability to um, have an impact, to make a difference and to bring what I've learned throughout my career uh, into helping transform what we now have as a sick care system into a healthcare system. And I was really um, so motivated, inspired by the mission of Blue Shield of California to create a healthcare system worthy of our family and friends and sustainably affordable. Who knew two weeks after joining Blue Shield that we would enter into a global pandemic. So certainly felt the universe um, uh, had a calling and I was supposed to be here. So I'm so glad we're both, both here now in healthcare, partnering and doing the work to help transform the industry. But you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is how healthcare, we're trying to create that retail-like experience, really driven by consumer demand today. And you and I have discussed how the pandemic has really thrusted to the forefront, the need for digitization in the healthcare space. What do you think healthcare can learn from the financial services and other computer experience-driven industries? As I said, there's a lot of commonality between different industries. There are different use cases, but the way we look at it from the cloud perspective, our customers across different industries are looking to do two, three things. Like I'm oversimplifying it. Either they're looking to increase their revenue, um, grow their top line, reduce cost, or reimagine the new business models. And we believe cloud and AI are the vehicles to help with those uh, business level goals and, and that value alignment. I listened to some work that you did previously, Ashima, and I loved how you talked about technology was viewed, and I would say pre-pandemic, to being almost an obstacle between the patient and their doctor. And one of the things you said that I really loved was how technology is now viewed as being the connector. So we're the connector to improving the patient and the provider experience. And the pandemic taught us that that was certainly not only welcomed by our customers and our members, but it actually met their needs and it improved health outcomes and it reduced the cost of health cares. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
I think more than technology, what was really inspiring for, for me to be part of this post-pandemic or during pandemic work that we were doing is how technology is humanizing those experiences. And in cloud, we were very fortunate, for example, uh, hybrid schooling, when we were doing online, offline schooling, uh, data-driven decision-making, uh, be it finding from the health systems, you know, where the ICU beds located, where is the nearest uh, lab where I can get COVID tests. I think the data-driven decision-making became the heart of the conversation. And, and I hope that stays post-pandemic. And um, the other aspect was technology really enabling the experiences, you know, when people were isolated and when you are, uh, when you've had COVID, and we leveraged, uh, some of our customers leveraged Google Meet to make that connection between grandparents and grandkids and, and kind of humanizing that experience. Uh, and, and, and that bridge of technology was an enablement where none other contact was possible. The underlying theme that I saw here was the urgency and the common cause and, and people find where there's a will, there's a solution so technology will always be that enablement of that vision. And, and what brought the industry together, we saw unprecedented collaboration be between pair providers, pharma companies, entire world got together on this common mission and the common sense of urgency. And I think that was to me, uh, the kind of aha moment that healthcare can do it, right? It's not that, um, you know, the technology was always there, right? Technology, Google Meet is there, Zoom is there. You know, it's not the telehealth, we couldn't do it before. But that, I think that we needed that accelerant and in, in we got it through this, it took a pandemic to unite the world together. And, and I think that's where there's a will, there's a way and that common sense and common purpose is, is super important. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more and you know, thank you to you and the Google team really for the amazing work uh, during the pandemic, uh, your partnership uh, with hospital systems, bringing data, insights out of data, leveraging Google Meet to be, bring the connections of mothers to their newborn babies and mm -hmm. folks that were in the hospital. I mean, you guys did incredible work and, and we're, we are all grateful for the work that Google did. So thank you. Ashima, one of the other things we have in common uh, in our backgrounds is certainly the work and the understanding that there is still a critical need to ensure a pipeline of young girls studying STEM and for young women to enter STEM fields. You were a computer science major, I was a computer engineering major, and I don't know about you, but I'm guessing and uh, as an engineering major, I had maybe three women in the class, never felt like I quite belonged. Um, what was your experience as a computer science major? Lisa, it's funny you say that. And, and yes, I was back in the day, um, one of the five girls in the computer science when I did my master's and similar story for bachelor's. And what is heartbreaking for me now is when my own daughter is in the computer science or computer engineering degree, and she's also outnumbered. So 20, 25 years later, it's still the same journey for women, for girls, that diversity is not there and it becomes the pipeline. We've seen our journey and we are seeing the journey of our daughters. 
and I think there's a lot that needs to be done and, and that's where intentionality uh, comes in. The onus is on us and onus is on the broader society at large. We need that representation and representation matters. We have seen diverse teams yield better results. The companies do a lot better, diverse boards. And, and yet the pipeline remains pretty scarce. Now when I'm as a hiring manager looking for uh, tech talent and it's the pipeline is pretty dry yes. and, and now uh, the, one of the things that I founded uh, was the girls in tech program where can we really reach out proactively to young girls teach them about computer science but also Lisa I, I would be very interested in your take as well we all know the importance of diversity in our perspective at the table certainly women um, are primarily uh, who are purchasing the products in the markets. Um, so we have to encourage our young girls and it's a time for action because I look back 20, 25 years later and not much has changed. As a matter of fact, I think we've gone the wrong direction. Um, I remember, you know, we were talking about our daughters. You know, the data points that we actually lose our girls starting in middle school. Uh, we both know it's when peer pressure kicks in. Um, I remember my daughter coming back in middle school, being in a robotics class, and she was so exasperated with the class. She's like, I'm doing all the work for the boys, and why am I moving this robot an inch? This is dumb, mom, was what she said to me. And part of what we need to do is have role models and show our girls, humanize the technology, that being a technologist allows you to change the world. Where's the passion? Um, how do you bring that to solving some of the greatest challenges we have? Have you had the same experience with your daughter? Absolutely, Lisa. That's, in uh, my daughter's also in robotics club when she was in high school. And her experience, which was a little heartbreaking for me, was she was the, like, the leader of the robotic club. But when it came down to building the robot, she was given the task of the engineering handbook, which is noting down, like in English and in pen and paper, versus hands-on. So she had to kind of make her way through it. And it's not very different than what we see in the stories we hear. The women are doing the kind of note-taking from the meetings and and things like that. So it does start early that behavior and, and to be aware and in the mind aware is a mind stretch and, and that's what we need to, to kind of coach our girls. And to your other, other point, to make it fun, to make it how it will help problem solving to, is a, is a gateway to solve problems in any different industry. And uh, so one of the good things in Google we do is we have this computer science classes for girls. And I've also had my own uh, little program going, but it was like emoji making. It was fun to, to draw out that kind of, uh, to make it interesting and engaging. They, they design different emojis as an example. It's not uh, a task, this task to an end. And anything that we do today, technology is going to be an integral part of it. And that's where diversity of perspective and, and to your point, these are the products, especially in healthcare, 
it's the women, um, it will be the alpha daughter, the wife, the mother who are making the decisions about care for their family. And yet the products are not designed with the equal diverse teams, so their perspectives are cannot baked into it. We could talk about this for hours on end. Thank you for the work that you continue to do with your girl tech organization as well. But I have to switch gears because we have to talk about digital transformation. So what do you think are some initial steps that tech leaders in healthcare can take to start their digital transformation journeys? That's a great question, Lisa. And um, what we are seeing post-pandemic, there's a rapid acceleration of digital across the healthcare value chain. And uh, what stuck to me is in this new world, as I call it post-pandemic, many of the healthcare leaders, customers, and actually even different industries are taking this bimodal approach. Uh, first dimension for the bimodal is act now, present forward, meaning during pandemic, what could we be doing now? Must focus on what are the present forward tools, reduce friction as an example, chatbots we saw, telehealth, all kind of uh, came together very, very quickly. And then future back thinking by choosing a vision that is inspiring, that's your North Star, that is three to five years out, but preparing for that through very innovation in, in growth initiatives. So those two um, ways of bimodal is important. And um, that's how they start because you will, you will need to kind of have a balanced portfolio for both. Uh, from Google perspective, uh, we are very fortunate to work with the likes of Ulysa in, in the industry at large. Healthcare is a top priority for us and uh, also industry specific domain knowledge. We have product managers, engineering teams, and people like myself who have come from the industry and not, are now part of Google Cloud. It's because we, we believe the, the magic happens when it, there's an ecosystem play when you're meeting in uh, the industry with deep industry knowledge, but also giving them excellence and, and tooling for their digital transformation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and one of the things I think we've learned through the pandemic, Ashima, I'd love your perspective on this, is you know many of our tech partners, um, certainly our partners in Silicon Valley, um, have been working in healthcare but what I loved that we saw through the pandemic is you became strategic partners in helping us. It was that sense of urgency, that common goal that we all had in working together that brought us even closer together than we had been working before. Can you talk a little bit about the partnerships that you're now seeing now that we're on the other side of this between healthcare and the tech space market. Absolutely, Lisa, and, and, and you're right, pandemic did bring the world together. We, we have seen unprecedented level of partnerships, not just as a tech company going out to healthcare ecosystem, but within the ecosystem itself. We saw parent provider, provider and pharma companies, med tech companies, and, and I think that will continue to grow. I hope definitely that that sense of urgency and uh, the, the unity that we see continues. 
from when we look into the partnership, we look into three things in general, uh, where um, how do we enable your digital transformation? What are the key uh, top two, three projects that you have? And um, so that's one, it all starts with, we have made significant investments in, in the value of data and providing uh, a platform so that you can drive better insights, you can drive better outcomes in, in solutions like that. So that's one area where we have industry-specific solutions that map to your digital transformation journey. The second is around core innovation in AI and machine learning. It's a, a brand new field. Um, uh, what we see is a tremendous opportunity where not one company can do it alone. We have the tooling, you have the domain expertise. Can we combine that in solving some bigger audacious goals together? And, and that becomes a second pillar of the partnership where doing something unique, co-innovating. And the third pillar is equally important, is cultural alignment. Uh, we Googlers would love to work very deeply with, with your teams. And because all the strategies can take a backseat if the culture is not aligned. And, and we're very proud and when we work with the industry, there's a good appetite on both sides to learn from each other. Yeah, I, I agree, Ashima. You know, sometimes, you know, having been in big tech myself at, and working um, at Intel, sometimes we get a bad rap in terms of uh, not, you know, we're just techno geeks and, you know, we don't truly understand the space that we're working in. And I'm hoping that we broke down those barriers even more because certainly my experience has been, um, the folks at Google, the folks at all the big tech companies have a passion for problem solving, have a passion for bringing their technology uh, expertise um, and wisdom to the table to help accelerate these problems and even opportunities in healthcare that we've been struggling for decades. So I, I'm so hoping that the barriers have, have been um, removed, but you, you hit on something that I think it's important that we take even a, a deeper dive in. And this is, we use the terms artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I know that I've been guilty of this <laughs> as well as we seem to bundle everything under artificial intelligence. Can, can you explain to our listeners the difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning? We call it like Google is an AI first company. And to me, to very simply put, AI is a compute, computational intelligence that's designed by humans and demonstrated by machines. And that AI is a broad umbrella and machine learning is a field within that. There's no particular technology called, okay, there's an AI machine learning. It refers to human-like capabilities of specific mathematical algorithm processed by computers. Uh, or in English, I say behind all of the significant advances, be it AI or machine learning, there is a lot of math. So really look, focus on what is the business value that you want to arrive at. So the way we look at it from Google perspective, we focus on business value and examine how computer algorithms that can learn from data can be used to reach a business objective, uh, such as uh, our recent work with Mayo Clinic on AI-driven uh, radiation therapy. 
So in this case, we are working with Mayo Clinic in partnering to develop an AI intelligence tool to guide the targeting of radiation therapy in cancer patients. So here the trick was, or the magic is, they have the right data, they know, they have the images, can we learn, can we train the machine based on that data and then do the next best action or production. So at the end, it's pattern recognition and uh, what pattern are you recognizing and how can we map it to the business objectives? And I would encourage our listeners to really think it's, it's, it's an abstraction of mathematical concepts. We use this, it's, you know, linear algebra is taught in high school, but the application of that in AI is, is what is pushing the boundaries. So it's not a kind of black box, it's learned intelligence, it's learned pattern recognition. So those are the, uh, some examples. Yeah, and that's amazing use case, Shema. I mean, I, I get passionate just thinking about it as you're explaining it. And I love the way that you explained it. Uh, it's not rocket science, it's math, it's data, it's finding that pattern recognition and technology doing that work for us. And if we think about it, uh, there are endless use cases of where we can now apply that technology. And as you were talking through that, I was thinking uh, back to our prior conversation about why it's so important to have women at the table and diversity at the table uh, in terms of building these algorithms uh, mm -hmm. because it's people, it's data, and it's finding the patterns in the data. Uh, I, I, and I uh, also listened to the doctor from the Mayo Clinic that talked about just the power there is so mm -hmm. much data. It's not like we don't have data. We actually have too much data. It's finding mm -hmm. the insights um, and the signals that are relevant to what we're trying to ultimately solve. So thank you so much for sharing that use case with us with the Mayo Clinic and bringing it to life. What's next uh, for Google Cloud in healthcare? Healthcare is a priority for, for Google. Overall, this was my aha moment when I joined from Kaiser Permanente and Apogee, you come to Google and that uh, it, there's pockets within Alphabet, we are doing some incredible, incredible work, but we want to take the signals from the market. We want to really work very, very closely. And that's where these partnerships are very, very important to us. Because through this transformational partnerships, we learn that we don't want to create products in vacuum. It needs to be grounded with the customer in mind. So we have a multi-year roadmap as in my role, I'm responsible for that strategy and roadmap, which is 12 to 24 months. I would say there are four pillars that are important to us. And that's what I am kind of looking into investing deeper. The one is around the digital care delivery in, yeah. in telehealth during pandemic. We saw that feel completely uh, kind of from back burner became a first class citizen of delivering care. Mm -hmm. But telehealth, as we know it, Lisa, as, as, it's not just a digitization of the visit. That's what you and I are using here, Zoom or Google Meet and things like that. It's can we make it much more powerful three to five years from now? Can in that visit, would, can there be a conversational agent who's taking care of the routine tasks, checking your, as an example, uh, prior auth, can we look into your insurance card, your eligibility, or taking the notes as you and I are speaking, um, doctor and, and patient, 
an ambient note-taking conversation at the back end. Two, um, I think one good example for telehealth is the real-time translation where I am a Spanish-speaking patient and you are an English-speaking physician. Can we bridge that gap? It goes back to can technology humanize experience? So that's the digital care delivery. The second is around operation automation. A lot of workflows in many different industries today start with the document, as an example. In, in, in your world, Lisa, it could be claims, it could be, and yes. uh, can we automate? And healthcare is, to your point, it's a data-rich but information-poor industry. Yes. And we need to go from data to insights, but I would say from insights to action. Mm-hmm. Because yes, data is good, insights are much better, but that next best action is where we need to get to. So this, the second part that we are working on is the kind of operation automation in uh, like doc AI, uh, healthcare specific NLP, those are kind of building blocks. And the third is which the topic I'm very passionate about is the data interoperability. Yes. We know the data is siloed. It has multiple different formats. Can we bridge that gap? And that's where a lot of investments, we recently announced healthcare data engine in which we ingest multiple different formats and harmonize it so you can build your application digital experiences for patient providers and, and your stakeholders. So those are the kind of uh, the pillars that we'll continue to work on and uh, working very, very in close partnerships with with leaders like yourself, Lisa, and, and, and customers. Well, Ashima, three um, really critical areas. I know areas that we certainly are partnered on with you. We're focusing in all of those areas. And thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, always a pleasure, uh, especially as a fellow female colleague, uh, to have a conversation, uh, not only on the importance of growing our diversity and our pipeline of young girls. And I look forward to what you and I may be able to do together. Uh, happy to help in your initiative as well. Um, continue working in that very important area of growing our pipeline of of diversity in young women. Second of all, I just want to highlight, um, as we talked about technology, an ecosystem of partners, how technology is the bridge. It's being the connection point. It's humanizing what we can do and how we can digitize the work in healthcare whether that is on the patient delivery side that you called out. Certainly all of us are doing work in operations and transformation. How do we automate? I always talk about the back end of processes because that translates to the front end experience that is felt by our customers or our members and providers. And third, how do we leverage these technologies such as artificial intelligence and machine learning to really drive insights. And the point that I want to call out, it's not just about data, it's about insights. And what you called out, Ashma, it's at the end of the day about action. So thank you so much for for spending the time with us today. Please join us next time as we continue to bring you a healthy dose of insights and perspectives based on conversations with leaders who are transforming healthcare. We'd love to hear your feedback, share your comments, and let us know your thoughts by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. 
You can join the conversation with us on LinkedIn or Twitter at Dose of Dialogue or visit our website at doseofdialogue.com. Thank you for joining us.